Welcome back to the Saffron Podcast. I'm excited to say in this episode, we're announcing the launch of Saffron. So as you're watching this now, if you want to, you can head over to www.mysaffronapp.com and you can try out the application yourself. So we're going to be talking about some stuff on Saffron today and what's going on with this. Mom, you want to start us off with what we're doing? I do. I want to try and walk through the landing page and into the product and just talk about some little tweaks and refinements that we're, that we're looking at to help the user have the smoothest uh, introduction to Saffron as possible. Uh, whenever you create a product, you're used, you get used to how things work and you want to take a step back and look at it from a, a very new user perspective and just make any kind of communications or UI feedback uh, mechanisms in place so that um, the user can get the idea of how it works. So um, when you first get to the landing page, there's a couple ways that you can um, try out Saffron. If you're already a user, which most of them will not be when we first start, there's a sign in. Um, the other option would be to sign up. And then, then if you scroll down, there's also several large try free for 14 day buttons. So once you uh, launch that and go ahead and log in, we um, wanted to have a way to uh, help the user know where to go once you get into Saffron. So this first screen that we've got here is an onboarding screen that we created to give the user uh, an option. So Ben, why don't you talk about what the two choices are and why we decided on these two for the user. Yeah, so when you first get started with Saffron, there's basically two things that we think are good starting places to do. Either first you're ready to get started adding recipes to Saffron, in which case we give you the option on the left to go ahead and just add a recipe. The other thing is you may want to just try out, try out Saffron and see uh, what it's like to look at a recipe, look at a cookbook, and if you want to do anything with a cookbook, um, and we have this button on the right for you where you can just takes you to a cookbook that we already set up um, And then you can view some sample recipes that we set up for you So why don't you click on add a recipe and let's kind of walk through What the user would see when they get to this this field? Um, I don't want to spend too much time on how you'd actually enter each of these fields, but we we did want to make it really clear how to save the recipe because there's several steps to adding your ingredients and we talked about having a flow where we help the user kind of for the very first time walk through each of these sections and we decided against doing that because we felt the user probably wanted to hop around they probably wanted to add ingredients or a photo or go in a different order and we didn't want to force them into an order that that we were thinking um, but could you talk about some of the user feedback mechanisms you've put in place so that when somebody's going in to add ingredients or add steps they don't lose any of their content and how they save the recipe overall when they're done so that um, they know that the recipe was successfully saved yeah, so first off, when you're talking about the order, I think you're talking about we ordered the uh, kind of the layout of the form and what we think is 
the most popular things. So for example, every recipe you're probably going to have a name and you're probably going to have ingredients and some sort of instructions. And then we have more kind of optional things at the very bottom. Like for example, every recipe might not have serving size or a URL back to it, either like a source or something or a description or a cooking time. So we put those near the bottom of the form. The other thing is we added a button that is the full width of the sidebar and also is uh, sticky. So whenever you scroll, it stays at the very bottom there and it's present the whole time. So you kind of can see right away uh, what you have to do to save the recipe and the button's not hidden. Before we just had the very bottom and so the scroll bar would kind of hide it before. The other thing we found was it was easy to start typing in some stuff and then navigate away and lose your recipe. So we added some prompts beforehand that'll warn you. So in this case, uh, when I try clicking away, it says you haven't saved yet. And then if you want to, you can cancel and continue editing. Or if you don't care, you lose your content, you can just say okay and you navigate over. That way you don't accidentally click on stuff and lose data that you when you're filling out. And same thing would go for like the ingredients. So if I'm over here and I'm typing some ingredients, for example, um, and then I want to uh, navigate pages or something, we don't want you to lose your content. Um, or if you want to close, just make sure that you do want to get rid of the ingredients before you do that. So basically set up confirmation that you want to navigate away uh, from that. Are there in, what are the, what's the least amount of content that you could put in this form before you would allow it to be saved? Is there, are there, is there a way that if I hit saved button and I haven't filled out what, what's required, how are you telling the user? So yeah, right now, let's say I hit save recipe and it's an empty form. There's two things that we require. The first is a title. So it, it can be as short as one character long, as long as you have some kind of title uh, on it. And then also some ingredients. So something in your ingredients um, and then you're good to go, you're good to save something. So that's the two things you need. So if I try saving a recipe, we add some error text in red that tells you, hey, you need to at least have a title that's required and at least one ingredient. But when you do those two items, uh, I think you can save. And yep, those are the only two things it looks like I'm requiring. And then after you save, it takes you to the re recipe and basically kind of uh, a page that we have just, just for the recipe you can see all by itself. Okay, actually that was my next question. How are you directing the user once they saved it? Is there any kind of message that they know it's successfully saved? And also, if they don't choose to use the drop-down to add it to a cookbook in the form, will they be able, how will they be able to find the recipe? So there's, there's two things. So when they first come, when they first submit the recipe, uh, what we could do is like a pop-up that says, hey, you're, uh, well, not a pop-up, but like a little notification on the right side of the screen that comes up that's like successfully saved. Basically, the indication that you know that your recipe was saved was that the sidebar disappears. And maybe we need more than that um, as an indication, but basically the form disappears and that's how you know you've submitted it. And maybe uh, that's something we could change and make it more clear. Um, but we haven't added this to a, a cookbook yet. So the only way to find this uh, recipe is to find it through search. So if I were to search, I can click all recipes and then I can just scroll through all my recipes that I have. 
um, if I want to, or I can just come over here and I can search um, and try to find that one recipe that I have. Okay, great. Um, the next area that I wanted to take a look at is say that on the onboarding, someone would choose uh, this to look at the sample recipes. Uh, we don't have to go back to the onboarding screen right now, but if they chose edit a recipe, how would they find that sample cookbook? Uh, oh, what, what do you mean? So like when they click on, uh, on onboarding, if they click on the view cookbook? Well, you just went through choosing adding a recipe and if a user does what you just did i just wanted to wanted to say how do you find those sample recipes if you if you if once you get into here oh how do you, you don't have them? to go back to that onboarding screen i don't know if users are going to want to try and find that cookbook or go back to the on using onboarding screen oh try to go back to the onboarding screen i mean we have some icons on the side that they can click on and see and if they ever click on the browse cookbook that's when they'll see some sample stuff pop up right away. And I think that, I think they'll, uh, it's fine to let them explore a little bit and see what each icon does and they can do on each page. Um, and they can see what's going on there with that. Do you think we need to add anything that encourages the user to add more recipes? Because we have these set up now, but ideally this is just a starter for the user and we're, we were wanting them to add and create their own cookbooks. Um, do you think we need any like Q and A or any, any other support through social media or are there any other ideas on how to help people um, just start adding recipes? Okay. That's two different stuff though. Do you want to help them add recipes in the product or are you talking about why would that, why would you even do like social media and, outside things what are you referring to well in the product uh, we may be limited as far as prompt ways of prompting but i didn't know if through our landing page or through if somebody goes to support to get support if we want to use other other media to help show examples of how to create recipes and how to use them Okay, what type of user are you talking about? Are you talking about a user who's signed up for Saffron, or is this a new user who hasn't signed up for Saffron? Either, actually. I mean, I, I guess I think sometimes some people want to see more than examples, and they want to they might want to see how something works as like in a form of a demonstration. So. Oh, I think, I mean, we, I, we've talked about before, like setting up maybe some like YouTube videos, demoing how to add something. Um, I think in general, I think they should be able to be able to try it and uh, things might be a little weird at first, but then they'll be able to get used to it. I think in general, like some kind of demonstration thing could be helpful um, that we could add in the future. That's more showing them that doesn't that's not even just about adding recipes though. That's like the product in general. You could do that for example, how do I create a cookbook? How do I add sections? How do I uh, reorder sections, right? So all these things you can do in Saffron, how would you actually go about doing those? So we could have a demo about them. So it's not just trying to get users to add recipes. You're just talking about how do you educate the user and using Saffron. 
Yeah, I think that sounds great. I just, um, I think there will be some users that that would like those materials or access to the to more things than just exploring on their own. Yeah, I in think the product. I agree. I think we should add some kind of, um, like for example, um, whenever you go to the page, maybe we add some kind of like small icon that you can click on, and then that's where you can get help with more instructions of what's going on and how it works. Because it's more than sometimes meets the eye of what's going on on the pages. Okay, I think that's all of the questions I had on the sample recipes. The next thing I want to move over to is the navigation icons. Um, for those of you who have been following us in the podcast so far, you'll notice that some of these have been changed a little bit. Um, we have an open cookbook icon that it was for creating a cookbook, but we decided since we're providing a demo of sample recipes, we really wanted to change that tooltip to manage the cookbook. And if you could click on that for a moment, um, can you talk about the flow um, of how somebody uh, creates a cookbook real quick and then how they would add a recipe and um, how once that's set up, you really um, are going to be wanting to fill the cookbook more often than having to go through this icon every time. So what, what, what have we introduced in the form of the new icon that helps users get directly to filling the cookbook after they've set, set up the cookbook? Okay, so on this screen, the one thing that you can do is create cookbooks. So below you can see uh, what cookbooks you already have, and then you can click on the cookbook and you can view the sections on the right that that cookbook has. And I can add uh, more cookbooks. So cookbook two, um, and then we have two cookbooks here, and now you can add sections or whatnot for them. And actually, if I just click on these two, looks like depending on the length of the name of the cookbook, you see how it kind of like, uh, the length goes to another line and kind of makes it uh, shift downward. I don't know if that's a negative thing or not. Okay. We might want to look at the design for that. But anyway, uh, whenever you click on a cookbook, you can then add sections to it, reorder it. That's what you're talking about. This, that's why we call this page Managing Your Cookbook, um, because you can edit and also add stuff to it. And then after you kind of set up, this is basically creating the structure of your cookbook. After that, you want to be able to add recipes to the sections and whatnot. And so before we had a button that just said next, we renamed it so it's a little clearer to add recipe to cookbook. So you can either click on that here and it'll take you over to the, this page, which we call the fill cookbook page. Or we also added an icon on the left. So I can click on this one right here and it'll take you back to this page as well. Um, and the reason why we added this cookbook page or this over here is you don't always want to um, go through this page and add sections um, and edit your cookbook. You may just want to add recipes to an existing cookbook that I have. So for example, I just created that one recipe over there, um, which was just a queue. And maybe I want to add that to a cookbook and I didn't do that. Well, now I can click on my cookbook that I want and I can add it over and just click and now it's added over there. And so I may not have wanted to add a new cookbook. I can just go directly here now. So that's the new thing that we added was a new icon on the side to take you directly to this page. So we kind of split this into two things in two pages. So as a, as a user, 
um, who already has some, several cookbooks set up, once you do that, you're probably not going to need to go into that front section very often. So this this will make it quicker for somebody to go right into adding the cookbooks if they want to do it through the main nav. Uh, is there any kind of limit to how many cookbooks that a user can create during the 14-day the trial? Uh, I didn't set a limit for like difference between the 14-day trial and the non-14-day trial or if you purchase Saffron. And what's going on with that is uh, basically I'm not sure how many cookbooks and sections people are going to reasonably want slash use. Like, for example, you have a lot of data and I think you have like eight cookbooks or something. Um, so I think I set the limit to like 20 cookbooks and 20 sections per cookbook, no matter what kind of account you have on Saffron. And uh, this is basically just to prevent someone from just generating a ton of cookbooks and slash this is something we might tweak in the future to increase and whatnot. And I think that covers pretty much a ton of people. Um, and you, I kind of want to see how many people start to hit the edge of too many cookbooks. Um, so that'll be something interesting when we see people start to use it is how many cookbooks do they have? How many sections do they have per cookbook? Basically, I just took some guesses on limits that seem reasonable. Um, but I'm not trying to block people from the amount that they can do there. It's just kind of... Uh, we'll see and adapt that. Now on the sample that you just created here, I noticed on the new cookbook you just added, you didn't take any time to add any sections. Yeah. And then you went over to fill, add a recipe to your cookbook and sections you couldn't drop down. Yeah. So is there any kind of user feedback to let them know to go back and add a section here or do you think it's needed or do you think the user will be able to figure out that they missed something i'm not sure this could cause small confusion but basically this cookbook right here doesn't have any sections um they might be able to know that i'm not sure we may want to add something that says like empty or something or no or like just like a blank pop-up or a blank uh, not a pop-up but a uh, on the select field, when you click it, just like a blank div or blank screen that has nothing to indicate that when you clicked on the drop down or the select field that there was no data there. That's what about if do. it says uh, need to add sections or something like that on the drop down? Or would you see it more as a. Are you want after you click on it or before you click on it? I don't know if it's something on hover. Like, for example, look, if I click on sample cookbook, mm -hmm. I guess the way I have this page coded is if I click on a cookbook, it'll automatically open up a section if there is a section. Mm -hmm. So this, it doesn't have a section, so just leave it, it just leaves it blank there and says sections. Um, I think this is like a minor thing that we may want to fix or may want to change the behavior of. I'm not sure how many people are going to be... I mean, there could be possible someone creates a cookbook and doesn't know that you have to create sections first. That's what I'm wondering because somebody might think, oh, I just have to create a cookbook and then they want to add recipes and not understand the section I think that would be a good one to do a usability test on and watch someone use Saffron and see um, if they try doing something like that or see um, how many people have trouble with that concept. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is if you could click one more time on the add recipe to cookbook on um, if you could could put the 
the sample cookbook up great. If you click all recipes on the search field to the right, the user's going to notice that all the recipes that are that are provided in Saffron right now are dimmed. Can you talk about why, from a UI perspective, we dimmed those samples and is there a way to encourage adding new recipes here so that so that they'll have some options to add into a cookbook. What do you mean? Are you wanting to encourage them to add recipes to their cookbook or add recipes in general? I'm wondering if an, a new user comes to this page and they see the sample cookbook and they see the sections and all the recipes are dimmed out, if they'll understand they're dimmed out because they're already in the cookbook. Well, we added a hover for that, remember? Right. But my question is, do you think it's clear enough that they need to go create new recipes in order to add add to the cookbook? Because right now in this view, unless they've added any new cookbooks, there's nothing they can add here. Well, for example, why would they? Uh, I think there could be just confusion here, um, but I don't. Uh, there, I don't know if someone will go through the thought process of this. They might. So like. These are all added to this cookbook, right? And they know that because when they hover, it says already in the cookbook. They can already see they're all in the cookbook. So they don't need to add it themselves because it's already there. Correct. Now, if they want to, like, for example, they can remove some stuff, right? I can remove these here and have them not show up. And then they appear colored and they can re-add it and whatnot. So they can start clicking on stuff and maybe they'll, uh, they'll get a, an idea of what's going on there. Um, but also, if, if they ever create a new cookbook, they can always re-add it to other cookbooks. Correct. Okay. And um, the other thing is, is when you remove a recipe here, it's still in the database for Saffron, so you're not actually deleting any recipes here. Um, so these can be used in other cookbooks or, or, or different arrangements. Are you talking about the minus? Yes. Yeah, so it just removes it from the section. It doesn't remove it for, like permanently. Right. The recipe itself. Yeah. Um, the next area I wanted to talk about was the search. So you've got a really nice search here that is so helpful in case someone hasn't filed their recipes in a cookbook yet and they're just adding recipes and they want to do all that later, you can search by the title, uh, several different ingredients, um, or by the author's name. And why don't we click on all recipes for a second. Right now, I really like um, that you've got an author uh, search here and we can't really demonstrate this right now because all the authors are by my name So we only have one here But once somebody starts filling in the recipes if they want to look at recipes just by the author You can in the search results click on just the author's name So um, I don't know if there's a way to highlight that more to the user or if that's just something that they'll kind of figure out once the, they yeah, start filling out. It's going to be, it's going to be, I'm not sure people are going to be able to find this out. If they do, it, it's going to be one of those things where they just clicked on it 
and then a different result happened than they thought. So usually they're gonna, I assume, gonna click like here, and maybe on accident they'll sometimes click here, and then it's not gonna do what they think it's gonna do, and maybe they stumble upon how it works. But I think it's gonna be probably a small percent of people that stumble upon it. I think what makes more sense in this case is to have, again, some kind of uh, indicator at the top or something that has like more information, uh, or maybe just like, maybe we just add like a little helper text at the top of the search that gives them an example query or some more information on how they do it. I, I don't think, that, I think this particular page is fine to have some explanation text at the top on the search to kind of explain the capabilities of the different ways. Because no one really know each, every search that a user uses is kind of different. So it's good to know the capabilities of the search that they're using. So I don't think it's bad to have some kind of explanation. Yeah, I would love for for users to know how powerful it is. And there's just so many ways you can use the search to find the recipes or to, to help, again, use it to help you find out what you want to make for dinner. So there's, it's not just a straightforward search. So um, I just was wondering the best way to communicate that or get that across so that so people can take advantage of it. Yeah, I think just something at the top. And then either have, we can either, uh, I think it's fine to have some sample text and maybe you want to add a link to a video that explains more. Um, we can also kind of see what people's initial reactions are with the search when they try it too. Because the other thing is people are going to experiment with the search and try different queries in as well and they'll see what's going on too that way. Okay. Um, I just have some general questions for the end here. Um, we kind of touched a little bit about on uh, a Q&A. Do you, do you see some kind of Q&A set up for Saffron users? Do you like the idea of using a forum for the Q&A or do you want to just collect questions that when you as users uh, use this and kind of create a, a log of some sort to answer it? Or what, what do you think is the most efficient way to address some of the startup issues? Um, I like the idea of a frequently asked questions better than a forum, at least at the start. Maybe you will set up a forum. Maybe that's something that'll be helpful. I think what I like better right now is to have kind of like on our landing page or something to have some questions answering some uh, of the questions we get most, but also I might change my mind. It's going to depend on when people try it, the type of questions that we get. And depending on the type of questions we get, I think it makes sense to maybe set up a forum. Otherwise, it maybe makes sense to do a frequently asked questions. I think the the way that we support that or answer that, I think just depends on what we actually, the actual type of questions that we get. And so I think we can put this and decide uh, at a later date. Okay. And how, what is the best way for users to get support on Saffron. Since it's just launching, I'm sure there'll be lots of questions and feedback that users want to tell you. So we set up um, in a couple of different places. Um, the most prominent one, we set up a new page, which I don't think we talked about yet, which is kind of an account status page. So this page, you can kind of see um, where you are at. So right now, uh, this is a new account, so it's active and uh, it's going to expire on Sunday, next Sunday, or actually, I guess, two two weeks from Sunday. 
um, so 14 days and I can either subscribe now to upgrade or I can wait but also it has a feedback button up here and if we click on that that takes us to a page right here um, so we made a little bit a little card here that explains um, that they can either message me on Twitter or send me an email to get feedback if they have questions or need help with something um, so we'll see how this works um, the other thing I've seen people do is, um, oh, that's the other thing. In our header up here, if you're already logged in, we have the email show up and you can click on that and that'll take you back to the browse. Um, but some people have, and we had this at some point in the development process. Um, one company that does it is called Intercom. You have like this little widget on the bottom right corner and when you click on it, you have a person's face that comes up or not a person's face, but a little chat box and be like, hey, um, would you like, do you need some help or something or whatever? And they can just type while they're inside the product. That, that has some pros and some cons. One thing that I don't like about it is it's really just when they're on the site. And so if I, um, it's not really good for async. So if I'm not able to uh, respond to them in like the second that they're on Saffron, they might leave and then never, never get the chance to answer their question or whatnot. And they never come back. So I like some of the other channels better for that. Um, but that's a possible direction we take as well as to have that. I think we'll we'll get a better idea of the best way to handle it also. When, when, when people start trying it more, we'll, we'll see from that. What would you like to tell anybody listening right now um, that would be helpful for them to what kind of feedback would, would be helpful to make Saffron a better product? Everything. Uh, basically, from features you want to see to um, problems that you have to any, anything you feel like sharing or would like to see improvements on, uh, we're pretty much going to be uh, frequently upgrading this or updating it and frequently changing things. And improving things so if there's things you want to see pretty much uh, no matter how small whether it's maybe a style change or whatnot all those things I'd like to hear and kind of get an idea um, and willing to change the product anyway that is it for this episode of the saffron podcast thanks for watching everyone